This podcast may contain coarse language. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to State of Roleplay, where we talk about roleplay, share stories, and more. Now welcome our hosts, Cameron and Terminal Love. Welcome to State of Roleplay. I know we've been gone for a couple weeks, but are back and ready to go. On today's show, we will tell some roleplay stories, give some tips, and talk about flight simulators, and the upcoming new rendition of Microsoft Flight Simulator. If you're ready for a story, clap your hands. If you're ready for a story, clap your hands. If you're ready for a story, if you're ready for a story, if you're ready for a story, clap your hands. This didn't happen too long ago. It was my first flight in my new Jai Design A320 from Manchester to Copenhagen in the EasyJet livery. Taking off from runway 23 right, hanging right over the city of Manchester with the sun setting on the horizon climbing to 32,000 feet above the ground. When you are flying a plane, it's nice to have a little bit of a tailwind for two reasons that I like to uh, say that are important. One, you save fuel, which means you save money. And two, you get to your destination faster, meaning more holiday time for you. Not long after leaving British airspace, I noticed that the tailwind had now turned into a crosswind. And at this point, I'm essentially flying sideways. From this point onwards, now, this wasn't too much of a concern, as in aviation, you expect the wind to be much stronger in the higher altitudes. Before long, it was time to begin my initial descent to 4,000 feet to join the arrival pattern into Copenhagen. So, I manually put the plane into descent around 10 nautical miles from the top of my uh, initial descent to make sure that we reached the approach ceiling on time. Now, I have done this flight many a times in the Zebo Boeing 737-800 series and it has gone without a hitch and the main reason for that is I know how to fly the Boeing 737 much more than I know the A320. But the A320 is a new plane to me and I haven't quite figured out the autopilot for the autopilot system yet. Soon after joining the approach pattern, I get my clearance to land on zero for right. Now remember that tailwind? Yeah, I still have it. And slowing a plane down with the tailwind is not the easiest thing to do. So applying full flaps and spoiler to get my speed down to around 160 knots. I capture the ILS for zero for right and arm the plane's approach to help with the glide slope. Then it was time to do the checklist. Although it's not the exact checklist, it goes something along the lines of this. Gears checked. Landing gear lights checked. Altimeter set. Speed brakes armed. Auto brake as needed. And then not long after that checklist was done, the famous words from the radio altimeter, 100 above, 
meaning that I was not that far from touching down. And then it was minimums, where this is your decision altitude to land the plane or to go around. And then the even more famous words, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10. The wheels touch the ground, the roar of the reverse is set to full thrust. We made it, baby. Hello, Copenhagen. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Here I am, set in the cockpit of a Su-25T, a starting fighter jet that boosts my masculinity into the upper atmosphere at 600 miles an hour. The campaign is set. I've been briefed to head into enemy territory to provide support. My eyes come into focus and I see gauges and gauges and then more gauges. Next to the gauges are switches. Looks like the switches have switches. The throttle is to my left and the stick is at center. I quickly adjust my HOTAS to the same setup. It's immersion time. I rub my hands together and stare at the cockpit controls. I come to the realization that I have no clue what I'm doing. I randomly press some switches. Nothing. Well, something happens, but I have no idea what. I move the stick and throttle around to get a feel for it. I look around the cockpit and look for engine on. I realize that the text inside is in Russian. Lovely. I go to the web and look up how to start this spaceship. After two hours of YouTube videos, I have finally figured out how to start the jet. Now the wheels are moving on the tarmac, and after a few heart-pounding moments, I am in the air and heading towards my destination. I smile in victory and begin to adjust the nose of my plane to go directly to my destination. Now my nose is facing to the ground, alarms are blaring at me, some Russian lady is screaming things into my headset. I attempt to pull up or to somehow adjust something, but it was too late. I slam hard into the ground in a blaze of glory. Mission failed. What's that in the sky? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Yeah, it's just a plane. Let's talk about it. Wish it was easy every day like that better Wish you'd forgotten what to say That's not your kind So I pick apart my time Never asking why I'm always in So many pieces And it's My fault Get along, little doggy. Get along with me. Ooh, it's time you face the fact that you can't remember the in between. So big apart my time, never asking why. I'm always in a million pieces, and I don't want to admit it's always what I get. There are a few flight simulators out there that allow you to truly feel like a captain sitting 35,000 feet in the sky. X-Plane, Digital Combat Simulator, or DCS for short, 
in some aspects, Star Citizen, but there is one that started it all, and that is Microsoft Flight Simulator. Some of my first experiences with Flight Simulator started way back in Microsoft Flight Simulator 10, um, when they released it out on Steam. Because who wants to buy discs on it nowadays, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, I think my very first flight sim moment was, uh, or well, at least at least what got me into flight sim was the fact that I'm massive into aviation as it is, and um watching people on Twitch such as like Chewy, um John Fly, Brad M, all, all the big flight simulators, Jeff Faviano. Yeah, all, all the Jeff big flight time. simmers. And I think it was actually Jeff Faviano that got me into Flight Sim. Um he, even though he was over on Explain Ten. I couldn't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I think what got me more immersed into it was when I bought my very first Hotas uh, controller. A hands-on throttling stick for people who don't know what a Hotas is. Basically, you've got a joystick and a thrust lever and several hundred buttons. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you have a single handle, or do you just have, or do you have the actual dual? Oh, it's just single. I wish I had the warthog like scorpion, but yeah, I'm not that rich. That would be awesome. Yeah, uh, but nowadays I fly X Plane Eleven, going up in the world, right? Right. <laughs> uh, I'm in love with the Zebo Seven Thirty Seven Eight Hundred. It is my favorite plane of all time. Uh. Well, not of all time, because of all time, it has to be the Concorde, come on. Yeah, both gorgeous planes. Yeah, but recently, um, as you would have heard in my story above this, um, I recently started flying the Jar Design A320, and what a nice. learning curve that is compared to the, uh, compared to the Zebo. Um... And for there the is listening a lot world, to do. <laughs> and for the listening world out there, kind of explain the difference between the two. Over um, high overview. <laughs> okay, so a, a quick rundown of the two. Obviously, the seven thirty seven is Boeing. The A three twenty is Airbus. Um, now, Boeing and Airbus have a very big rivalry. In the flight sim community, anywhere, um, you either stick to one or the other. But I thought I'd give the Airbus a go, um, and I'm actually slowly falling in love with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just so much easier, like um, cockpit-wise, to set up your pre-flight and everything in the Airbus. It's literally just a few clicks of a button buttons, um, set up your FMS which is your uh, flight flight maintenance system or something like that, I can't remember the exact but uh, yeah, compared to the Boeing um, the Boeing has a lot of switches that need to be in specific um, locations even before you can start the engines 
Uh, with the airbus, you literally just have to turn on the fuel pumps, press a few more buttons, and then you're ready to go, basically. Uh, the airbus runs off a system called a dark cockpit, where there should not, not be any lights um, on the instruments. Uh, by that, what I mean is there should not be any lights saying on or off. They should all be like blacked out type of thing. Yeah. Whereas in the Boeing, um, it's a very, uh, it it's it's what we call the Christmas tree. <laughs> a Christmas a Christmas tree cockpit. Um, a lot of lights going on. Um, and that's that's the main difference. Yeah. Oh, and the Boeing runs off a of York. Where the Airbus is a uh, a joystick. Oh, okay. Both very beautiful planes, though. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think I got. I first dabbled in flight sims, probably flight simulator two thousand. I remember we had it installed on a school computer. And uh, yeah, I got on that quite a bit, but. Like, I wasn't very good at it. Because <laughs> I didn't, you know, didn't quite understand. You know, let's uh, let's look at some documentation first <laughs> before jumping into this. <laughs> so. Right. And I've wanted to get more into it. Um, and like I said, I've kind of only dabbled in it. I haven't. I'm not as good as pilots, per se, as, like, say, you or Scorpion. You know. You guys fly a lot more than I ever have. I mean, I'd still call myself amateur. I, I'm not that good at flight sim. I've only been in the uh, in the scene for like two years. But still, I mean, you still. It's one of the things that you have to really enjoy it to do it. Um, and I know that both both you and Scorpion, among hundreds or thousands of other people out there, enjoy it. Yeah, it's a, it's a good relaxant. Um, once you're off off the tarmac and in the clouds, you could be up there for hours, depending on where your destination is. That is true. <laughs> Watch a few streams where it's been like a three to four hour flight. Come and hang out. Yeah. Serve some drinks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, out of the recent um, different simulators that are out there. Which ones have have you liked the most? Uh, Flight Sim X, X Plane. Your oh, X Plane Eleven by far, by yeah. far. Um, every every game has the glitches and stuff, but I I found X Plane to be the smoothest. Um, obviously, I've had a few a few crashes every now and then, but that's due to system requirements that I don't technically meet. But other than that, just just the scenery in X Plane compared to FSX, um, the flight systems in the in the default planes in X Plane Eleven compared to FSX, it's just a, a different ball game. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I've seen especially it's, it's... in X Plane Eleven, the nighttime scenery. Oh my god, looks so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's like. Um... It's it's like comparing the Patriots to the Buccaneers. Depending on, depending on who you are, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. According, according to official records. <laughs> 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 I 
But yeah, have you ever played any, um, you know, like uh, uh, jet fighter style simulators? Tried DCS. Um, yeah, couldn't figure that shit out for my life. Um, right. <laughs> Here, here's my experience with DCS. Jumped in jet. All right, this is awesome. Figured out how to get it started. Okay, got got going. Started lifting off. Crash immediately. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I couldn't even get to the uh, started up engines part. I ha- I had to. It was, uh, uh... I had to watch some YouTube videos to <laughs> get it, get it started. <laughs> yeah, if you ever uh, want to, so if you ever want to play like a legit you know, fighter style where you can actually be in, um, you know, hardcore simulation groups, probably DCS is definitely the way to go. I know oh, that's yeah, where, I know, I'm pretty sure that's where uh, Scorpion kind of got his start mm-hmm. when it comes to flight sims, anyways. I mean, he may have yeah, I think before so. that, but, but yeah, it was very difficult. Uh, yeah. It's a <laughs> it's a big stepping stone from a uh, commercial airliners. Just uh, just a lot less people. Oh yeah. <laughs> now, as far as flight simulators go, there's one on the horizon. The new rendition of Microsoft Flight Simulator, uh, which was debuted at, at E3. And after looking at that game. I believe I'm probably going to be spending some time doing some flying. <laughs> There's so many speculations going about that game right now. As far as not thinking they're going to be able to do what they're going to be able to do, or um, I know that there's some some talk out there about who is actually doing it. Um, I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to look it up. Don't get me wrong. The what they showed at E3 is definitely looks spectacular. Um, you know, it's the mainly because of the the landscapes. You know, it's going to be powered by sa- uh, satellite data and um, Azure AI. So they're going to be able to get probably pretty detailed landscapes from it or for it rather. But what uh what kind of things have you heard? Um, well I mean the fact that I, I go off what's been said throughout like I go off what's been said throughout like the um the flight sim communities. So you've got you've got the people who are excited for it, and then you've also got the people who how do I say this? The people who are not so excited about it. Um if that's because it's going to be made by Microsoft, I don't know. But I think the fact that it's going to be a 4K game yeah, um, is is that going to mean that people with the lower end computers can't play it? Or are they going to release like two versions of the game? Or is it going to be, these are the requirements, and if you can't meet these requirements, you don't get to play the game? Well, see, the thing about it is, though, is you have Azure, right? Azure is all cloud-based. So, the essentially, in theory, 
all the landscapes and everything like that should be rendered using the Azure AI. So it's going to continuously learn um, as it's building these worlds and reading the data, the overall world data. Um, now, I don't know if it's going to stream over the web or if it's going to be mainly on your computer or whatever. You know, same thing with like 5M. Let's say 5M, for instance, kind of mm -hmm. look at a different aspect of it. Um, 5M, you have a lot of, you stream a lot of assets, right? Yeah. So it could be kind of the same deal. As long as this, they have the, the server to back it up, the server the the server power or cloud power per se to back it up they can they can do it without it having to be too graphically taxing on your system um i mean of course you still have to have the bandwidth to push that but i mean you can stream 4k video right now right that's very so, true you know it's going to be about the same thing no matter what you're still dealing with the size of files it's just one thing mm -hmm. zeros at the end of the day um, mm, yeah. Now, is the technology there? Uh, maybe whenever it first comes out, there may be some issues. Um, but I think as time goes on, and uh, the AI adapts, um, it'll hopefully get better. I mean, from what I've seen gameplay of it, it looks like it's doing okay. There is some some tearing that I've seen, especially in the. Uh, the trailer, um, but it's it's in the uh, the shadowy areas, so I think there's some issues there that they're trying to probably tweak out. But I mean, mm -hmm. most likely the landscapes and all that stuff will probably all be streamed. Will be my guess. But of course, there'll be some stuff when you're on your PC, but you know your planes probably be PC. Um, how you sign in and everything will all be probably web driven. I mean, I'm not 100% sure. So, this is one of the things that these are just my own guesstimates of what possibly could happen. But we'll just have to yeah. wait and see, I suppose. I mean, but then there's also the uh, the factor of it's going to console as well. Also true. Also true. Um,. Well, see, the thing about it is, is like, for instance, Xbox One X, right? They can do, you can do 4K on that. But it, I think maybe it may be tapped at 30 frames per second. I'm not sure. I have to look it up. Um, right. So, but they'll limit it, they'll limit it on, on console. Hopefully, they won't limit it on PC. Because it's going to, because there's not that big of a difference code wise between how what they use for PC and what they use for console, especially for Xbox. Especially the same thing. You can go back and yeah. forth with it. Um, so, hopefully there won't be that big of a difference, and um, maybe on 1S, it may, be a, it may be a, have some issues, or maybe it'll just be next-gen. Could I mean, be. I, you know, I, I think mean, we, we'll probably get an announcement probably next year for next-gen, so... I mean, I don't want to be going out buying a new Xbox just to play <laughs> right. one game, you know. Right. Well, I, I mean, I, I've got, <laughs> I've, I've got an Xbox One S. Like, I, I don't want to be going out and buying like the Xbox Scorpio edition or something just to play a fucking a new fight scene. Right. Right. 
And, and I wouldn't, honestly, because I have a PC that's better than the console, so as far as graphic power goes. So, and plus I don't want to play on, I don't have to play it on controller. You know, I would I would want to use my Hotas to be able to play whatever. If I want to fly a little that's Cessna, a point. I would rather, you know, do it the right way. <laughs> and I'm and I'm really yeah, hoping it's not yeah. going to be very arcadey. That's one thing I'm kind of scared of. That's really the that's the biggest thing that I'm scared of, is that mm-hmm. either either that or you have two different modes, to where you can play either okay you can go play arcade and you just go fly it, or you can actually play simulation. If they do that, yeah. I, hope, I hope they go full simulation so it's all focused. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, um, another thing that guess that's being discussed about the console is uh, also mod support. Are, are, are your aircraft developers going to be allowed to release um, add-on aircraft for both PC and console? Or is it just going to be con- uh, PC? A console going to get left out with mod support as always? Most likely. Um console probably will get left out maybe, maybe not but yeah, I hope Ooh, not I mean, hopefully, right. I mean hopefully they will um, but because of the current the way, the way that simulators are currently they are run off mainly modding so <laughs> if you want really cool stuff but it's just, I guess this is one of the things what to wait and see I, I don't even know they haven't even put out a release date on it yet so from or anything that I've seen. I mean, I I hope it stands up to the uh, the excitement that it it, it brung at E three. Um, it was pretty. Um, it was a shock to everyone, I guess, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really was. I wasn't I I wasn't expecting at least a simulator. Anyways, I mean, if they came out with like the Forza of flight sims. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, they, if they try to popularize it too much, right? And they try to do stuff like, oh, yeah. oh, let's do plane races, let's do this and that. What's going to be next? You're going to be <laughs> streaming cars and all types of different things. <laughs> Flight Sim RP. <laughs> join the, join the, the Mile High Club. <laughs> oh, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> flying, <laughs> trying to fly an airplane around around fucking Laguna. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, like, I guess that's the biggest downfall that's been, that has been happening so far is the level of detail that I would I want in a simulator. Hasn't really got there yet. I mean, X plane's pretty good, but it isn't exactly right so it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like there's there's not enough um you know mpc ai available to okay land your plane taxi in pull in all your all your passengers um get off the plane you wait you you check all your stuff again and then more passengers board on or something or you switch switch planes most most of the things what they do is they switch planes um or, I mean, it, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I know there's, I think there's mods and stuff you can do to, like, unload passengers, stuff like that. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, 
not built into the game is what I'm saying, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I know with some mods you can have animals and stuff in fields and all that good stuff, but with it being in-game, most of the time those run a bit, little bit better. But, I mean, didn't the uh, some of the old flight sims even get into, like, simulating a space shuttle? Flying a space shuttle? Oh yeah, that was um, that was FSX. Yeah, was that FSX? They introduced okay. the space shuttle. Yeah, I think it was just descent, but still, was, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it was. It was. It was just there for uh, aesthetics, I think. Yeah. Um, I know that X Brain Eleven has a space shuttle too. That'd be that'd be an interesting simulator. It would. Like a, um, you have to. I mean, uh, and I'm not talking about Kerbal. <laughs> <laughs> no, especially how um, the uh, the special has to be flown to right. get into land. I've I've seen a video by like on YouTube by a NASA pilot who flew the uh, the the last shuttle into into uh, is it. Kennedy Space Station. Probably, probably um, from. He explained how how you would land the uh, space shuttle from space, and how it's so much different to flying a uh, flying a commercial airliner, because when a commercial airliner is on its final approach, such as the seven forty seven. Um. That it's that's coming in from about four thousand feet, going on, on a glide slope. Whereas the space shuttle on final approach is coming in from ten thousand feet. Right. <laughs> on its glide slope. Right. So it's uh pretty crazy. Yeah, I could imagine that'd be that'd be interesting. To be able to do a, a simulator like that, where you actually have a uh, you have a, people helping you radio tower, basically helping you take off. You do all your checks. You lift off. You go through space. Maybe you go around the Earth a couple times, and then come back and land. That'd be interesting. Yeah, it would. But yeah, that uh, I guess we will just have to uh, wait and see, see what happens with Fight Simulator, and go from there. And uh, I guess that will be it for Flight Microsoft Flight Simulator coming in the future. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they bring. We will link the Microsoft Flight Simulator trailer in the show notes below. Um, I will definitely check out the 4K trailer if you have a 4K capable device. Um, it's definitely a difference maker between between the two. It's, it looks great. Uh, Cameron, what are two tips you can give someone looking into Flight, flight simulators. Okay, so probably the biggest tip I would give is start off in single player and don't jump straight into a network such as VATSIM or Pilot Edge off the bat if you don't know how to communicate with ATC. Um, my biggest suggestion to learn how to listen or how to communicate with ATC is to listen 
to a live ATC either over the internet or via a scanner at your local airport. And ATC, for um, those who don't know out there, is um, air traffic control. Yeah, air traffic control. Um, bigger, bigger airports have several air traffic control stations, such as your ground... Um, no, sorry, you've got clearance, ground, tower, departure, and approach. And some even have center. So that's six... Six eight, six potential ATC that you that you will need to talk to. Yeah, I always found that interesting because whenever I was in high school, I took a aerospace science class, and we got to learn basically how to kind of how to fly a plane, how to navigate, how to talk to ATC, proper communication, stuff like that. It was always uh, really interesting. See, if I had the option to do that in school, I would have took that straight away. Yeah, they offered it the. Uh, the my senior year is whenever I took it, and it was the first year they offered it. It was a, oh, it was man. a really fun class. Yeah, we um we would have gotten to go actually fly in a Cessna, but we weren't able to because of the uh, the cloud coverage that day. That so sucks. Didn't get to go. I was, I was so upset. <laughs> but I think another. Big tip that I could give for someone starting off in um in flight sim would be to start off in a general aviation aircraft such as the Cessna 172 or a Baron Beechcraft, um, and not to jump straight into a commercial airliner. The uh, main reason of this is because. In a general aviation aircraft, you will feel how an aircraft is supposed to be flown. You'll also learn how to properly read uh, meters and gauges, and how different weather conditions uh, affect an aircraft's uh, flight. Uh, flying uh, general aviation will also teach you the basics of aviation. Um, I made the mistake of going straight into a commercial airliner um and yeah I was wondering why my plane was falling out of the sky all the time <laughs> yeah I, uh, I made that same mistake too so listen to both of us don't jump in a 747 <laughs> the first time you return to a flight simulator <laughs> it's, it's not fun <laughs> it won't go the way you want it to you're going to kill all your passengers <laughs> <laughs> Federal agencies will be involved. It, it'll be ugly. That's if you survive. <laughs> That's if you survive. And most likely you're not going to because you have no experience on how to land this thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree with that one, 100%. Uh, one, tip I, one tip I would give is uh, flight sims can get a little pricey at times. Um, so between getting your HOTAS and getting all the little you know if you want to use um, head tracking if you want to uh, I mean buying planes you know I know there's planes out there that are hundreds of dollars you know so you know start out small and just grow into it you know find a love for it um, and enjoy flying uh, the second one would be uh, flight sims can test your patience uh, you have to approach a flight sim just like real life. 
you know, go through your pre-flight checks, use your radio. It may be a little bit nerve-wracking, but once it clicks, it's a ton of fun. Uh, learn the aircraft and just enjoy the flight. Uh, I know a lot of people that have attempted to get into flight sims have struggled because they want that instant gratification of taking off and landing. Going to be honest, if you try to take off in a 747 like we just talked about, and it's your first time trying to fly, you probably won't make it off the ground. So just, you know, take your time, lay back, and enjoy it. Have a good time. Yeah, I can't agree more, um, because although the Boeing family... I'm going to talk about Boeing because you mentioned the 747. Right. The Boeing family has a massive range of aircraft. And although, yeah, they're all made by Boeing, you've got several different varieties. You've got the the Boeing 717, 727, 347, 5767, 777, and your 787. All of their systems are different. So just because you can fly a 747 does not mean you will be able to fly the baby of the fleet, the 737, because their two systems are completely different. We would like to thank all the listeners out there for your continued support. It is great to be back, and until next time, stay in character.